In the holy name of Jesus. I am told there are two commonly accepted sites for ancient Golgotha, that is, the mountain outside Jerusalem on which our Lord was crucified. The most recent idea of the two was suggested by a man called Gordon in the 1800s. This is the idea that Golgotha was a hill on the north side of Jerusalem. And today, that hill is a rather peaceful, grassy hillside, vaguely reminiscent of a skull, Pastor Barr's shows pictures of this in the crossing every year. And apparently, it's a very picturesque, peaceful, and devotional spot. The older, more traditional location of Golgotha is west of Jerusalem. It was west of the old city and now is found in, like, sort of inside the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, which was built back, I think, in the 300s. This church is shared and also fought over by various Christian denominations with chapels inside the church kind of built on top of one another in a sort of Christian turf war. I'm told it's rather dark and crowded and loud and questionable devotional practices abound, rubbing various things, etc. And because ancient Christians built this church on the place, it's very difficult to tell now what it would have looked like in the first century when Jesus was crucified there. Now, the question of which is the actual location, I, you know, I leave to someone else. You can ask Pastor Bars. Uh, Mr. Bird has been there recently. Uh, you can ask them. I only notice that the traditional location, the one now covered over with the church and awash in loud and bustling and often misguided pilgrims seems a more appropriate location for the crucifixion of our Lord. The crucifixion was a messy business. The crucifixion was all too human. And it was endured by our Lord for the sake of many misguided, rough, and loud people in this world. Today is the transfiguration of our Lord. It is a high time in the church We watch Jesus on the mountain peak stand alone in glory blazing. We wear white. We march around. We sing Alleluia 37 times. And every year, it's kind of hard to think about how in just three days, we're going to be in Ash Wednesday. Jesus today is on top of his game. He is on top of the world. And what do you suppose he wants to talk about with Moses and Elijah? What does he discuss? We read, He spoke to them of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Jesus climbs the Mount of Transfiguration, not to escape, not for some needed time away from us. He climbs the mountain today with Peter, John, and James to pray for us, to bring us with him and offer us in prayer to his Father, and to dwell and think deeply upon the things needful for our salvation, which he is preparing to accomplish for us at Jerusalem. Climbing the mountain of transfiguration, sort of stepping up and drawing nearer and nearer to God, does not mean that Jesus distances himself from us or from our concerns. It means he bears them 
He brings us and our concerns with him into God's heavenly presence. And by the way, this too is the meaning of Jesus' ascension, which we'll celebrate on the far side of Easter. Jesus' ascension into heaven is to bring humanity into the heavenly places, to offer his crucified and resurrected body, his human body, on heaven's altar throne. This makes St. Paul tell the Ephesians later that Christ has seated them with him in the heavenly places. He uses the past tense as if those Ephesians are sitting in heaven with Christ right now. So transfiguration today is not just Jesus showing off. It's not just Jesus showing his divinity, but it's showing his divinity in his humanity. As Ephraim the Syrian, a saint from the 4th century, put it, Elijah and Moses were just as surprised as the disciples. The disciples were shocked to see the divinity of Jesus, but the prophets were shocked to see the humanity of God. The transfiguration, then, does not show kind of the difference between Jesus and you. The transfiguration of our Lord shows what Jesus intends to make of you, what he intends to do for you, how he intends to glorify you. On the mountain today, we see, as we just sang in our processional, the glory that the church may share. Our Lord Jesus is not a glory hog. He's not a, uh, you know, kind of a hoarder who just wants to show you how great he is. Some good that would do us. Jesus is equal with God. He is God. And yet he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, to be hogged or hoarded, but instead something to be shared. You, all of you are destined for glory. You are destined for heavenly glory because that is what Jesus desires to share with you. We see it on the mountain today. That is what he has died and risen to make out of you. Now, this should help you very much every day of your life. Today we see uh, what Jesus desires to make of you. And today... We should use this to help us against all the temptations that we have in this world to prize anything else, to prioritize anything else except our Lord Jesus alone. And often, you know, it isn't the temptations to like obvious evil things. Obvious, often we are tempted with good things. We are tempted to prize good things above Christ. And we are tempted with just the normal good things of our lives, tempted with our occupations, tempted with our school and our education, tempted with all of our favorite things, harmless in themselves, until they are put above Christ, until they begin to steer our thoughts and words and deeds. But today, we see Jesus Christ transfigured, And we see Christ alone, and we see that nothing is above Christ. He is revealed to be true God and true man, the very highest good to which we can aspire. And we also see something more. 
when you fall into temptation, when you, know, when you order your lives around things that are not Christ, you are not just diminishing Christ, you're also diminishing yourself. You exchange the glory of God, which he intends to share with you, for the glory of something smaller and more fleeting than that. When we speak curses instead of blessings, we are using our tongues for something that is frankly beneath us. When we harbor hate in our hearts, we're wasting that space on something that won't even last. When we lust after power or possessions or people, we are treating them and ourselves as rather pointless pleasures, things that won't matter, rather than treating them as something more, as an opportunity to give of ourselves, as an opportunity to share ourselves and to share the love of Christ with those whom we have been given. We must stop wasting our time and wasting ourselves on such temptations. We must turn to Christ instead to seek strength against temptation from his word, to to seek the brotherhood of all your fellow believers sitting next to you, to seek out a pastor, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And Jesus promises all good things will be added to you anyway as well, but this time in a blessed way, in a holy, in a helpful way, in a way which will actually endure. Jesus climbs the mountain today. He prays. He is transfigured. And he discusses with Moses and Elijah the things that are about his departure, which he will accomplish at Jerusalem. Today, Jesus is transfigured, but he heads down the mountain. And he goes about the business of transfiguring you. He will run his course through Lent, through oppression, temptation, persecution, through being mocked and betrayed and killed, all of that in order to transfigure you, to give you a new figure, if you will, to give you the image of God restored that you lost in Eden. So, do not settle for less than that. Don't settle for all the little things that are fleeting away in this life. Don't be fooled by false ways or temptations that will tempt you to exchange a small glory for a greater one. Instead, laugh at them. Laugh at all the things they try to sell you. Laugh at all the ways they try to distract you with things that are less than. They are pathetic, pale, and small. And Christ, by contrast, brings you true glory. He brings you the glory that the church may share. The glory that is not just for himself shining in the sky, but the glory that he brings down to you in his own flesh and blood. You know, I noticed the banner. I was just thinking, uh, you know, it represents the glory of Christ and the transfiguration. <laughs> but what does it look like? It looks like a host. It looks like the bread of the Lord's Supper up there. <laughs> Uh, Our Lord has taken human flesh for you and he gives that glorified flesh for you and to you and he takes all of the rough and misguided and loud people of this world. He takes sinners 
and he transfigures them into saints. That he might share his glory with them, not for a little while, but unto the ages of ages. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.